Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. March Madness. To be forever a champion. How about that? Absolute madness. Good evening and welcome to the NCAA tournament show on 670 The Score. It is March. It is the greatest gambling event of the year. That's how I interpret this event. But my co-host, I of course, Danny Parkins from the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Dan Muller, the former Illinois State coach for a decade, was at Vanderbilt for about a decade, the 2017 Missouri Valley Coach of the Year, kind enough to join me for the next three hours. Dan, how the hell are you? Happy March. I can't hear Dan. I'm not sure if he's on the air or not. Is Dan there? Okay. We're going to figure out Dan Muller's connection. No big deal. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Hey, there hey, you are. Hey, sorry. No, we like a little bit of turbulence on uh, on uh, takeoff, man. How how you doing? I'm doing great. I heard your opening. Uh, I like the way you look at it. I've never looked gambling way as a coach the betting way i know that's a big part of it but to me this is absolutely the best part of the year it's like christmas for three straight weeks yeah it's uh i i just love it i mean i love everything about it but like the thursday to sunday going from 64 teams down to 16 thursday and friday you know 16 games in a day it's just absolutely an unparalleled unrivaled sporting event and 
you know, we'll we'll react to the brackets as it comes out. And uh, man, you must know everybody in the coaching world. Uh, this guest list that we have starting at uh, at six o'clock is is ridiculous. We're going to have head coaches and assistant coaches from about five of the teams that are in the tournament. We'll have local connections. We'll have players. We'll have insiders. We'll have experts. But uh, it feels like it's gone back and forth recently, Dan. Like sometimes there's a juggernaut team or two. Maybe it's a Duke or a Kentucky or someone like that. And then some years it feels wide open. This year certainly feels like the latter. It feels like it is wide open. Would you agree with that? It's absolutely wide open. I don't know if it's been more wide open in the times that I can remember. You know, you see it a little bit in these conference tournaments these last three or four days with the Baylor getting knocked off in the first round, um, a Kentucky getting knocked off, but the Texas A&M going on a run. Obviously, Gonzaga takes care of what they can do, but um, I think two weeks ago, most experts, most people are saying there's about a group of eight teams that can probably win it all, and I think that number has expanded out. I think there's 15 to 16 teams that, that could win it all. Years, You can't say anything like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fairly amazing thing, and you know it's one thing for there to be an upset of a 12 seed over a five, or you know we get the occasional 15 over the two or something like that. But if it really is a dozen or more teams that can cut down the nets, you know, three plus weeks from now, it's uh, it gives it a special kind of feel, and it adds to just like the complete randomness of everything here. As the first quadrant is uh, revealed in the West region, Gonzaga, of course, nobody's surprised. The uh, number one overall seed, they'll get Georgia State in the uh, the one sixteen matchup. This Zags team, Dan, is uh, is an odds-on favorite to to make the final four. They're actually, you'd have to bet, you know, uh, 125, uh, 125, 125 bucks to win a hundred uh, for them to make the final four. Is this the best team that Mark Fuse had? I don't know if it's the best team. It's certainly one of them. They're big. They're long. They've got studs. You know, the team that lost in the championship game recently with with Suggs and and all those guys was so good. Was that last year? Or something? Um, I don't think we'll know until they play. One thing about Gonzaga, of course, is they play such a good non-conference schedule, but they lost a couple of those games. Their conference was better than it's been in a long time, with BYU being very good, of course, St. Mary's, and then San Francisco. So they have been tested a little bit, but um, they certainly are one. No one would be surprised if they did cut down the nets. The other thing Gonzaga has now, Danny, more experience Right. right. In, in, in the tournament, more experience Final Four experience, experience advancing, and you can't put a price on that. So that will help them. Um, but if it's the best team or not, man, they, he's had such good teams. Yeah, my guy, yeah, Drew, my guy Timmy Drew Timmy is back, the, the mustache. And then, and then he's got another top five pick in in Chet Holmgren. Like, I, so I don't I don't know if it's the best team you mentioned. Suggs, like he has lost with NBA caliber players before, and Holmgren's going to be a top five pick uh, in the draft. But I feel like when you add the experience and the NBA level talent, and you're right, the conference a little bit better rated than it had been in the past, but. They beat Duke. They beat Texas Tech, who I just saw got a draw uh, in their region. And uh, they beat what? They beat uh, Texas, Texas Tech, Duke. Like, they've got quality non-con wins this, this year as well. And it just was revealed, by the way, wow, we could have some match uh, rematches in the Elite Eight. Duke is the two seed in Gonzaga's region out west, and Texas Tech is the three. So those are two games that have already happened uh, earlier this year for the Zags. 
They faced Texas Tech. They beat them. They actually lost to Duke. I hate to oh, yeah. fix oh, you. Yeah. They, yeah, they lost to Duke in Alabama we'll early. Them. My bad. My bad. They My did bad. play them, yeah. Experience. Um, Timmy can score on anybody. And they've got, again, they've got experience on their team. You mentioned the stud in Holmgren. But a kid, Andrew Nembhart, he's been on the team. He played in big games. So they, they have experience in other positions. Um, facing teams they've already faced before will probably help a Gonzaga. How so? Haven't played, How so? Well, they haven't played the grind. Again, Duke's played North Carolina and Wake Forest and, and, and all the teams in the ACC. Although we just said the West Coast Conference is better than it's been in a long time, so but still not as good as a Big Ten gauntlet. Okay? And so if they can get to the Sweet 16, they get to Elite Eight, and they're playing before, even though it is a Duke or a Texas Tech, I think that comfort level will help a Gonzaga because they haven't been playing against the, te- the Power Five teams night in, night out. So that, that could help them that they have familiar teams in their, in their region, as you just said, plus they're out west. And as the number one overall seed, that is one of the benefits. So about five or six years ago, those who don't know, the top four seeds get to go where they want to go if it's still available. Okay, so if if the third seed wants to go west and Gonzaga's already in the west, of course the third seed can't go in the west. But Gonzaga, as the number one overall seed, gets the west region. Of course, that can help not only with with travel, but it can help. Um, But they're... Again, anybody could be anybody, but I do think familiarity could help a team like Gonzaga. Okay. okay. And then, and then and Duke's a very young team. You know, and so I was thinking about the bottom of that region out west. It'd be a fascinating uh, Sweet 16 game, like if it played true to form. Texas Tech, one of the best coach teams in the country. They have experience. That program has recently made a deep run. Very tough. Great rebounding team. Great defensive team. Duke has kind of stumbled a little bit here, right? Looked terrible against my alma mater, eked out a win uh, over Syracuse in the ACC tournament. Obviously, we know what happened in the last game for Coach K at Cameron against UNC. Don't win the ACC, like the tournament anyway. Like I feel like that Texas Tech-Duke game, is, is Tech, at least for, for my eye, would be a pretty bad matchup for Duke, just given like their toughness and experience against such a young team? Uh, Duke scares me. They do. They do. Um, they, they do. Only because of a couple of things. Number one, you know, they lose that game to North Carolina, the final game of the season, the regular season, and you don't put put that on that too much because I can't imagine as an 18 year old the emotion and the pressure to be able to, to to go out against your rival in North Carolina, a team you were up 25 in the first half two weeks earlier with, and all of these great players on the sideline that you grew up watching, all right? So, But you saw nerves get to those young guys, okay? They're a better team than North Carolina, but they lost that game, okay? Then, as you said, they lose to a Virginia Tech team that gets hot just, just yesterday, but the Virginia Tech team that finished seventh. And that's what I'm saying. Anybody could be – so Duke, with their inexperience, um, with showing in the last couple of weeks, pressure has gotten to them twice. And with potentially, Danny, just the the, the – the weight of this entire Coach K swan song season. You know, you never know how people respond. And so I do agree that a physical Texas Tech team with players on it that just played in a Final Four a couple years ago. Um, you know, I know we're not picking teams right now, but I, I, that's, that's a, that could be a tough matchup for Duke.
He's Dan Muller, the former Missouri Valley Coach of the Year 2017. I'm Danny Parkins. The West region uh, has been revealed. None of the local teams uh, were in it. I mean, Michigan State is a Big Ten team, got the seven seed out there uh, on the seven line. But you have Duke as the two. You have Texas Tech as the three. You have Arkansas, very talented team this year, as the four seed with Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in the West region. I was thinking about, like, the reason why – the tournament might be moving more in the direction of being more wide open. And I feel like just some of the best players, right? Chet Holmgren, be a top five pick. He goes to Gonzaga. Jaden Ivey, right? Unbelievable player. Goes to Purdue, like John Moran, could be a top three pick in the draft. It feels like you the, these kids know that in order to go to the NBA and to play in big games and even to make a run in a tournament, you don't need to be – in Allen Fieldhouse or Cameron anymore. Like, the NBA is going to find you anywhere, and it feels like the top talent is way more spread around the sport of college basketball now. And I would I would argue, Dan, for the better. Well, it's for the better as far as parity, without a doubt. You know, I think you're right as far as players will go, quote-unquote, anywhere now. Now, Jaden Ivey was not a projected top-five guy. He's become that. Right through right. his talent level, his work ethic, his bloodlines, and through the help of, of his coaching staff. But you mentioned a to Gonzaga, who has kind of become a, a powerhouse. But I think, the, honestly, as a, as a coach and a former coach, Danny, the, the, the main reason why there's not a dominant power team right now, right now specifically, is because of the transfer rules, the new transfer policy as far as players can transfer and not – and so the continuity of, of, of teams, you know, the great Duke teams and the great Kentucky teams in the last eight to ten years of the one-and-dones, the only two one-and-done-led, uh, quote-unquote, teams who have won a national championship would be Davis and, and those guys, and then the, the Duke team that won it a handful of years ago with uh, Julie Okafor, of course, a local Chicago kid. But both of those teams, Danny, and I was still at Vanderbilt. It was my last year at Vanderbilt, 2012, with that Anthony Davis team, and, and we were the last team to beat them in the SEC tournament. But that particular had Darius Miller, who is a junior, um, had uh, uh, or Darius Miller was a senior, had uh, Patterson, who was a junior. So they had older guys. The Duke team had Quinn Cook, uh, I believe they had Emil Jefferson. So. Having older guys mixed in with younger guys has been the best in the tournament. With the new transfer rules, it is harder to get old. And I think that's really helped with parity, but it's hurt with having a power, uh, a, a team who just sets themselves apart. Even the team that won it last year with Baylor, they had no top five kids coming out of high school. They got older, that came in and played immediately. And they won with, with, with an older veteran group, of course, uh, uh, led by their guards. But that transfer rule has, has changed the game in college basketball, and I think that's a big part of why, why you see the parity today. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. We uh, have our first local team that is revealed. The Illini are the four seed in Arizona's part of the region. So Arizona, the second-ranked one seed as expected so bracket playing true to form at least for the one seeds the Illini are going to play Friday against the 13 seed Chattanooga in Pittsburgh and they would get the winner 
of Houston UAB in the 12-5 matchup. So I don't know if you know anything about Chattanooga, but also somewhat surprising, right, that Houston is a five? I had seen a lot of mocks that, that, that had them up uh, up on the four line. I feel like that would be a very tough round of 32 matchup for the Illini if, uh, if they get Houston. Well, we talked about experience. I could tell you Chattanooga um, is, is longer than most mid-majors. They have legitimate size. Now, they don't have size to match up with Kofi Coburn because almost nobody does. But they won't be your typical 13-seed team as far as bodies when they line up on and you see such a mismatch in physicality. Um, you look at a Houston team who lost a handful of games recently, and, and that's why they dropped. Of course, they won the tournament and, and are playing very good basketball. But I'm going to go back to experience, Danny. Houston, a Final Four team, a bunch of players that played in a Final Four. Of course, Illinois, who had a tough tough uh, uh, out last year. And so playing with that experience in that second game, if Illinois, which should get past Chattanooga, um, you're playing against a physical team, a veteran team in Houston, a team who, who, who advanced far in the tournament last year, and a coach who's coached in the Final Four. So when you get here, is there's there's no easy path to the second weekend. You know, so they're going to play two good teams. Um, but Illinois certainly, like a lot of teams, like every team, will have their hands full that first weekend. And then in the same bracket, uh, but in the bottom part of it, but also in Pittsburgh. So if any uh, local college hoops fans are going to make a trip out to Pittsburgh or any Chicagoans uh, living in the Pittsburgh area, Loyola draws the 10 seed line and we'll have Braden Norris on the show, their starting point guard, uh, a little bit later on. Ohio State against Loyola uh, in the 7-10 matchup. Loyola draws the 10 line against the Ohio State Buckeyes. They would face the winner of the 215 matchup where Villanova is the two seed. So that uh, region, which is the south region, Zona is the one seed, Villanova the two seed, Tennessee, who I think is a very talented team, the three seed, the Illini the four, Houston the five, and Loyola, Dan, the ten seed. Quick first impression for how uh, Loyola would match up with Ohio State. Well, you first of all, you look at the west bracket region, and there's one Midwest team in the entire region in, in Michigan State. And now you get to this region, and there's about seven or eight mid Midwest teams in it with Ohio State. We talked about Loyola, of course, and then Michigan gets in. They sneak in. I really like with Ohio State. One thing about Ohio State, as far as a Big Ten team, they're not a really big physical team. You know, they're starting, quote-unquote, five-man is 6'9", 6'10". E.J. Liddell, uh, all-conference Big Ten player from the state of Illinois, is is the best player on the team and will be the best player on the court. So they're not going to be overmatched physically. Loyola with a very old physical team. So, again, when those two teams walk on the court, Danny, they're going to look very similar physically be because of Loyola's age, uh, physicality, and Ohio State's lack of size. And so I I like that matchup for Loyola a lot. Um, and then you get to the next line in a Villanova team 
who I would be scared to play Villanova if I was anybody right now. Yeah, Villanova is <laughs> always a very, very tough tournament team. And uh, KenPom.com, by the way, agrees with you. Loyola, the 24th-ranked team on Ken Palm. Ohio State, the 32nd-ranked team. Similar offensive ratings, but a much better defensive rating uh, for Loyola comparatively to uh, Ohio State's team. So that could be one of the games where the – uh, 10 seed, this happens occasionally, uh, where the 10 seed is actually going to be favored, according to Vegas, over the 7 seed. It'll be a very, very small line whenever the number comes out. Like you said, it's an evenly matched game. There's not a huge talent discrepancy or athleticism discrepancy, but at least in terms of some of the advanced ratings, uh, easily could see Loyola being a small favorite there over Ohio State. He is Dan Muller. I am Danny Parkins. We know where Illinois and Loyola are going. They're both going to Pittsburgh. They're both playing Friday. Bracket going true to form, at least in terms of the one seeds. Gonzaga the one out west. Arizona the one in the south region. Half the bracket revealed, half still to go. And then once 6 o'clock hits, we're going to have coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, players, analysts uh, associated with a ton of these teams locally and nationally in the tournament. So for Dan Muller, I'm Danny Parkins. It's the NCAA Tournament Selection Show right here on The Score. It's the NCAA Tournament Show on The Score. I am Danny Parkins, joined by former Illinois State coach in 2017 Missouri Valley Coach of the Year, Dan Muller. And we have another bracket that is being unveiled now, the third bracket. We can recap uh, the first two a little bit. Gonzaga, the one seed overall. We knew that. Out west, Arizona, the second number one overall seed in the south region. And that is where some local teams have some action as the Illini draw a four seed uh, against Chattanooga. Uh, the 13 seed Friday in Pittsburgh, also Friday in Pittsburgh, Loyola Chicago against Ohio State where in the 7-10 matchup. The Ramblers, the 10 seed, they'll get the winner of Villanova against Delaware. And Dan, as the Midwest region gets revealed, Kansas is the number one overall seed out there and uh if anyone wants to make a make a drive uh from chicago to see some ncaa tournament games milwaukee hosting some games on friday lsu iowa state the 611 and uh wisconsin gets the three seed against colgate in the 14 matchup i would imagine that's a huge home court advantage and a pretty nice draw for the third seeded badgers well it is you know going through this bracket of course kansas not a surprise the fourth number one seed you know Baylor maybe, but the Kansas was expected to get that. You got a, a an LSU team who just lost their head coach, playing Iowa State team, of course, in the Big Twelve. But the winner of the Wisconsin Colgate game gets the winner of LSU Iowa State. Um, Colgate is a team really really score it. Uh, they shoot a lot of threes. Wisconsin. Um, has some similarities to how Colgate plays, quite frankly, in and out, bigs that can shoot it, bigs that can go inside and outside. But I do think that's a really good matchup for Wisconsin. Then, like I said, Wisconsin, if, if it's chalk, should play six. But LSU just lost their head coach, um, Will Wade, who just got fired yesterday. And so how does that – how does the team respond to that? So I think overall a, a pretty good weekend draw for Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea how that would play. Auburn, uh, a very, very talented team, the the two seed in that region. And uh, Iowa, who just won the Big Ten tournament, 
uh, who has won me money the last couple of days. I know you care about that. <laughs> but also, I, I've been very impressed. You know, Garza leaves, and they seem better. Like, they, they, they seem more versatile. They're very well coached. They were able to kind of, like, withstand every uh, run that, that Purdue had. Uh, so Iowa gets the five seed, Providence the four seed in that region. But I don't know. I know it's going to be a very, very trendy pick, but I feel like the Hawkeyes uh, could represent the Big Ten quite well here. Well, number one, that's your money. I'm not saying I care about the betting lines, but I, I, I care about your money. I appreciate uh, that. L, I mean, Iowa is a team who's won nine out of ten. The only loss in there is a last-second loss at Illinois. In the last game of the season, of course, everybody everybody knows that one, and a team that can score the ball as well as I was not a team that I would want to play. That being said, Richmond can really score and shoot it. Now Richmond was the one team in the country that every bubble team is rooting for, rooting against today because they stole somebody's spot today. Richmond beat Davidson, who will make the tournament, I assume, and so Richmond stole a spot a last second win against against Davidson but Iowa as you said Danny that they, they are good and, and the reason that you think they're better is because they are better than they were last year even losing Garza Keegan Murray set the record for most points in a season this year in the history of Iowa he is Luke stud and a kid who uh, wasn't on anybody's radar at the beginning of the, of the year uh, an inside and out set 6 eight threat six eight six nine and then they just shoot it and score it so well they also are old they're an older team so iowa um i'd be surprised if they didn't make i say that providence is really this is really good ken palm doesn't like them as much as they've shown but providence is well coached i uh, lost a tough game this weekend but providence is a team and and uh, but i was they're very good what do you make of the narrative that so providence gets the the four seed they had a ton of close wins this year, but but they have been widely called the luckiest team in the country. Like like the, the analytics don't really love them. Uh, an yep. unsustainable number of wins between one and five points. Like, are they good, or did they have kind of a horseshoe? See, like, I, I know I know they're good. That's not a fair way to say it, but like. Did, yeah. did they have a everything breaks right? They probably should be more of a six or a seven seed, but because of the the wins they got by the skin of their teeth, they actually find themselves on the four line. As they say in coaching, Danny, they don't ask how; they ask how many. Okay. okay they don't okay. ask how you win; they ask how many you won. I will tell you two things. Yes, they're not analytically as good as their win loss record because of all those close games, but. They are really good in close games, okay. And so, so that's not a, a luck thing. That's a skill thing. It, it becomes a skill thing over the course of a season. We have a team in our who won more close games, like in the last two years, they've won seven, some crazy number. And when you have an older team that wins a lot of close games, there's a confidence that grows throughout the season. It, it just happens. I've been on teams like that, so. If they're in a close game, they're more dangerous than the team they're playing with all that experience. Now, they're as you said, they're, they may not be as good as their win-loss record, but they're tough, they win close games, and that can pay off, especially in tournament time. 
I, so Baylor just got announced as the fourth one seed. They get Norfolk State. So I don't think there was a ton of surprise uh, on any of the the one seeds. Are you at all surprised by how the two three lines are breaking down? Right, like I I was kind of expecting Kentucky uh, as the two seed over Auburn in that region and that would have been you know Kentucky just blew the doors off KU this year at Allen Fieldhouse but like I feel like Tennessee is a very strong three seed and but Duke's a two Auburn's a two Villanova's a two any surprise I think the one seeds have been chalk but I feel like there's a little bit of debate going on between the two and three seeds that have been revealed so far well Kentucky should be this last two in a different region yeah they they do and they're Kentucky would have won that fourth number one seed if they could have finished out the weekend, I believe, and not lost to Tennessee, but Tennessee beat them, of course. So they're probably, they're the, well, actually not probably. So Baylor is the fourth number one seed. Kentucky, that means, is the first number two seed. Right. Um, so, you know, I think when you get to that 2-3 line, honestly, Purdue is a team that I think is really good, and they, they have – They'll probably be the three in this in this bracket. So I yeah, think I feel like the East region maybe... here is gonna it's gonna they're gonna have Kentucky and Purdue, uh, yeah. in in the same region with Baylor. Um, this I feel like that's just a very very tough like comparatively to Auburn, Wisconsin, uh, especially like I feel like this is a pretty good draw for Kansas as I yeah, as I, I as I look at it. I agree. I, Auburn, Auburn's a team to me as a team they've got. I think they're really any again as you said, everybody's really good. Okay, but they're not a two seed that would scare me as much as some of the other twos. Purdue, I think if they would have won today, could have been that third or fourth number two seed. So as you said, they're going into this bracket with a Kentucky, with a Baylor, and so that's region with that one, two, three, but. When you're the fourth number one seed, you should be in the toughest bracket of the two three. That's you get rewarded for being the best number one seeds, and that's kind of they go from there. They don't continue to rank as much like the first, the one and the two seeds. They really try to rank in place, and I know they as that number gets higher, they don't worry as much about who's the best ten seed. Right. Um, so that it, it makes sense. This region is the toughest region with the two three. And and you got uh, some blue bloods in here also with the North Carolina, of course, a blue blood, a Texas as a blue uh, as a as a really good team, a UCLA. So this as as we're watching this unfold, as we're Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, Texas, Baylor, Purdue, all in the same region. Those are some heavy hitter programs. Yeah, Purdue. Just uh, if you want to go see the Boilermakers, they just drew the line. Uh, in Milwaukee as the three seed against Yale. So Milwaukee's region, if you want to make the drive, is Texas, Virginia Tech, 6-11, Purdue, Yale, 3-14, LSU, Iowa State, and uh, Wisconsin on the three line for the games in Milwaukee on Friday. So, yeah, this region is going to shake out as one seed, Baylor, two seed will be Kentucky, three is Purdue, and uh, I forgot the four seed, but it'll come back up on my screen here. Oh, four, four, four was UCLA. UCLA. Four, four, yeah. was, four, four was UCLA. Um, when you talk about 
you know, Auburn, and all these teams are good, and you had expanded at the beginning of the show. You said 12, 15 teams could win it. A team like Auburn that has Jabari Smith, right, he's going to probably be the number one pick in the draft. Like some of the teams that are more dominant like and reliant on that one guy, is that a team that's easier to coach against? Or are you saying – or or is it like – this guy can Kemba Walker and just completely take it over. You know, like, I feel like this could be Jaden Ivey's tournament, right? It could, it could be Jabari Smith's tournament. There's some players like that that feel like they're just so much more talented than everyone else in college basketball that they can elevate their team on a good run. Yeah, the only thing I'd say about that is uh, when that player is a freshman, it doesn't happen. Um, you mentioned right. Kemba Walker, of course. He, Kemba's the most famous guy who put a team on his back. And not only won six straight games in the tournament, but won five straight games in the Big East tournament, 11 straight games with him being the best player on the, in, in the country for a stretch. I do believe a Jaden Ivey could do that as a sophomore. It is so difficult. Zion Williamson, you know, he's a freak of nature, and he couldn't get, get it that far. Again, we go back to uh, the Duke team that won it with, uh, and I'm going to forget some names here, uh, but Okafor, of course, was on that team. The, the, the lefty who went to Miami Heat, I forget his name, Justice Winslow, stud. Yeah. But they, they, those aren't carried teams to a championship. Okay, so Jabari Smith is so good, and he will be a top two or three pick. But I don't see a, a I, I don't believe a freshman these days can be that guy who carries a team. And so if you want to ask, is it easier? It's easier. It doesn't mean it's easy. Auburn's certainly on the mix. I, let's just put it this way. And we talked about Iowa a second ago. If Iowa was playing Auburn tomorrow, I would pick Iowa. Okay. And, so, yeah. so, again, there's just teams that are hot, teams that I think can score in multiple ways, teams with some age and experience. Um I just – it's hard for a freshman to be a team throughout the uh, six straight games. Yeah, and so that that in that particular matchup, right, that wouldn't come until the Elite Eight because yeah, Iowa drew right. the five and Auburn's in the bottom of the bracket. So Iowa would probably have to go through KU uh, in order to get a team like Auburn. Or a, bet, or a better one, Danny, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Yeah. He could carry a team a long way. They're pretty. They're pretty reliant on him. Like it's it's they're, it's it's a well coached team, um, and he's an amazing basketball player. But you just say because of the veteran experience, like that's an individual that you feel like could could put a team on his back. Yeah, yeah, just a sophomore, about a senior. Yeah, yeah, sure. You've played in it. You're different physically, and again, so they are the three seed in Auburn's Auburn's bracket, but they also have older guys on their team with the Davidson. Uh, we, we played them this year. Crowd. I mean, they, they've got a team. But Johnny Davis is a guy that could carry you um, and win any game on any. And that that's another region where you could have a high profile rematch, right? The Wisconsin Providence game was very close game, and I believe that was the game that Johnny Davis missed uh, for for Wisconsin. So there could be that could be a rematch in the three four matchup uh, in the Midwest region with Wisconsin. And Providence. So the bracket has been revealed. Odds and lines are going to start coming out here in a little bit. We can start talking about who we're penciling through to the Sweet 16, who we're penciling through uh, to the Final Four. 
we will start giving our initial impressions to the full bracket and moving teams across, and then we're going to have wall-to-wall guests basically between 6 and 8 o'clock. Coaches, assistant coaches, players, national college basketball analysts, the guests will start piling in at 6 to help you fill out your bracket, to help us pick some winners, to help me make some money. He's Dan Muller. I'm Danny Parkins. It's the NCAA Tournament Selection Show right here on The Score. Third team out of the Big Ten is the number four seed, the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Three consecutive 20-win seasons. Kofi Coburn, only player in the country, averaging at least 20 points and 10 rebounds. Audio from CBS. I am Danny Parkins. He is Dan Muller, the 2017 Missouri Valley Coach of the Year, longtime Illinois State basketball coach. We'll have a ton of guests on over the next two hours of the show, but the bracket has been revealed. Uh, Dan, I am good on breezing past this part of it because I don't believe uh, that there really are teams that get snubbed anymore uh, when it comes to the bracket. Uh, when you've expanded to 68, you have those first four games, but it says the last four in, Indiana, Notre Dame, Rutgers, and Wyoming. So the Big Ten, by the way, got all of their teams in. Three conferences with uh, six teams, including the Big East and the SEC. The Big Ten gets nine teams into the tournament. First four out, Dayton, Oklahoma, SMU, and the Aggies. Uh, I care most about the bracket and the games that we actually get. And I'll also say this, like, my team has been the team that's been quote-unquote snubbed before in Syracuse, and it's still like, hey, if you can't build a case strong enough to get in when it's 68 damn teams long, like, just go win the NIT. Stop crying here. But do you believe that uh, Dayton, Oklahoma, SMU, or Texas A&M have been severely wronged here by the committee? You can't hear me? Okay, awesome. Well, then I will uh, just keep it moving and say that, no, nobody got snubbed uh, as as we go. Um, all right. Now, teams that I think you can pencil in all the way through, right? I think that when you look at the bracket, we'll get you back, Dan. We'll we'll figure out a way. I'm sure they're they're working on it back back in the studio. You guys let me know uh, when, when we have them. So – This Kansas team has surprised me. Um, I did not think that it was a very good Kansas team early, but they have gotten a lot better late, and they got Remy Martin back, who had 12 points off the bench. Uh, He kind of got, you know, had some issues, got out in Bill Self's doghouse, then his back. He had 12 points in the Big 12 championship game. They've got a lot of size with David McCormick and uh, Mitch Lightfoot beyond their big guys, which obviously Abaji is that dude, right? He's going to be an NBA player. He's amazing. He can take over games. Christian Braun, Jalen Wilson, like that's their big three. They're not the most athletic team. They're not the best defensive team, but they're peaking at the right time. They won the Big 12 tournament. They avenged their tough loss over Texas Tech from earlier in the year. And now with bench scoring – uh, and bench size, I feel like this is the best version of the Kansas Jayhawks. I would put them through to the Sweet 16. Now, a matchup with Iowa in the Sweet 16, if that happens, that'd be very tough. But uh, I would say I'm slotting KU through at least to the su- Sweet 16, Dan Muller, as I start to fill out this bracket. All right, yeah, I, I got Danny. What are we talking about? All right. Well, I was. What are we talking about? All right. What are we talking made, about? I just made the case that the that Kansas was a team that I thought was pretty shaky early, but 
getting Remy Martin back, getting some of their depth back, and mm. with how they looked in the Big 12 tournament and avenging that loss to Texas Tech, I no longer feel that they are a shaky one seed. I actually feel like they're pretty they're they're built to have a pretty good I would be a tough matchup for anyone if they get them in the in the Sweet 16, but the the one seed that I was shakiest on maybe 2-3 weeks ago, I actually think they've answered a lot of the questions. What about you? Yeah, and you mentioned it, Remy Martin. I think he missed six games, if I'm not mistaken, and, and those two losses back-to-back were without him. And then when you come back, it takes time to get back into the groove, and then you see what they do this weekend. In certainly, I would say, the second-best league in the country after the Big Ten as far as the Big 12 um, and, and the teams. Uh, I think Kansas has likes playing in Chicago, quite frankly. Of course, they always play in the, the opening weekend with the, I don't know what they call that, Tournament of Champions, I guess, maybe, whatever they call that in Chicago. They'll have great fan support. I do think that Iowa game is dangerous, um, but I, I, I like their run and I like how they're playing. Is there a one or a two seed that you look at as being vulnerable? Like, uh, you know, if I was going to give you Auburn or Villanova or Kentucky, you know what I mean? I, I, people, people are going to be filling out their brackets and they're going to look to try to have the the surprise team, you know, the, the surprise upset. Uh, and if you want to t- take it down to, to, to the three line, like I, I'm basically I'm, I'm looking for it, right. it, it never is chalk all the way through to the Sweet 16. So which of the top, you know, eight, 12 teams in the country would you say are most vulnerable, vulnerable, either because you don't like the team or you don't like the draw? Well, here's what I could tell you. There's going to be top three seeds that lose in that first weekend. OK, and you always I know that, as you said, it, it always happens. But this year. As we talked about at the beginning, Danny, it's going to happen. Now, I can look at an Auburn, and in their second round could play U.S. who's as athletic and long as they are and think that's going to be tough. Again, a USC team that, that, that made it to the Elite Eight last year, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. I can also, quite frankly, look at a Duke team. I talked about them earlier, and they could potentially play a, Miss, uh, a Michigan State team in the second round. Uh, with a physical Michigan State State team, of course, two Hall of Fame coaches going against each other. I will say this, Davison can score the ball. Um, they, they play Michigan State in that first round. Davidson, I believe, is 27-5 and five this year. I mean, they can really score it. But I, I think Michigan State – so I think Duke and Auburn are both um, tough. It, I, I They could certainly make it second round, but – second weekend but that that's a tough one Villanova I think they're going to the Sweet 16 um, Kentucky I love Murray State but I think they're going to Sweet 16 also all right now I'm going to give you one here yep. South Dakota State yeah they're a they're a 13 seed mm-hmm. and they get your Providence Friars yes they do have, my Providence have, Flyers who have been uh, some people call them lucky some people call them good. The lines are starting to get posted in a 13-4 matchup, Dan Muller. Providence yes, is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite as a four seed. And the Jackrabbits can score. They can score yes, 80. They, can. they score, what, 87 points a game. Uh, they scored 88 against Alabama in the you know rough-and-tumble SEC opponent. Pretty good defensive team. 
I feel like that is going to be a very, very popular 13 over a four matchup. And a, you don't you don't see a lot of 13 seeds that can score 88 points a game. You don't, and it's legit. They can score it, and they will score it. Uh, Providence athletically. You're right. I, I, Providence, good friend of mine. Love him to death. Uh, I won't put emotion into this, but I think he's a heck of a coach. Um, I think – I could see why the line is so close because when you play a team that can score it at that rate, even though it's a mid-major, they're dangerous. More than a team that can guard as a mid-major. But I still think Providence's toughness, their size, their physicality, uh, their confidence level. Uh, the Big East wasn't great this year, but they played against good teams. I, I still think Providence gets out of that, gets out of that one. Um, if we're looking for quote-unquote potential upsets early, uh, they're always tough. New Mexico State, Connecticut. Now, there's a they can score it. Uh, they win all the time. Uh, Chris Jans, the head coach there, is, has been been there a while. He's really good. And then I'd go Vermont, Arkansas even. Vermont just beat every team in their conference tournament by 1,000. Um, and they keep they, – John Becker is – who will join us is one of the best coaches. I like that one as a potential. Um Certainly, South Dakota State is a, an extremely dangerous team. And then you look at, uh, I like UCLA in that four game. And then, of course, you get to play in games, get into the next 12 seed. Yeah, you mentioned uh, John Becker. You know everybody. I mean, so John Becker, the head coach of Vermont, is going to join us coming up at 6 o'clock. Uh, and, yeah, they just set some records in uh, their conference tournament as they, they went through. Uh, he's going to join us at 6 Dean Oliver, the associate head coach at Wisconsin, going to join us. Matt Langle, the head coach at Colgate, going to join us. Uh, Brad Frederick from North Carolina's coaching staff set to join us. Uh, Braden Norris from Loyola. So, Dan Muller, you know damn near everyone in college basketball. Pretty impressive. It's a small fraternity. You're in it 22 years. You know most people and, and a lot of people. Again, you get to certain levels, and there's there's just not any windows for certain head coaches, but other levels there are. Um, but good. Looking forward to catching up with some of them quickly as they grind out, start watching film, start breaking everything down, start talking to their team. Here, So here's – there will be a lot of teams because with Synergy – are you familiar with Synergy? The, of course. If you're listeners, of course, you can watch every game. Back in the day, Danny, uh, as soon as the bracket came out, there was a, a – uh, a company in Canada that would record every game. I feel like Dan's mic just dropped again, but uh, we will we'll get it we'll get him back. But uh, because we better because all of his friends are about to join us uh, over over the next two hours or so. So the brackets are out. We are going to make our picks. Uh, you back, Dan? I can't hear a word he's saying. Uh, so I hope that's not on my end. But regardless, we are working through technical difficulties. But uh, you are going to hear four or five coaches, a couple of players, and a bunch of analysts over the next two hours to help you pick up sets, fill out your bracket, make some money against the spread. I've already placed three bets. Tournament doesn't even start for five days. He's Dan Muller. I'm Danny Parkins. It's the NCAA Tournament Selection Show right here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.